Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Help Me Coach podcast with myself, Dermot Byrne, and my co-host Jane O'Hanlon. Following on from last week's episode where we talked about tips to help parents keep kids active while staying at home, this week we'll be having a chat about what makes a coach a coach. Before we start, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, then I'd encourage you to go back and start there before moving on to this episode. Okay, so let's get going on episode two. Shane, welcome back to episode two. How are you getting on? Good, yeah. How's it going, Dermot? Um, yeah, we're back. We survived the first episode, so we're, we're here again. We are indeed doing it all again. We're uh, figuring out this podcast world and, and doing it remotely as well, which, which adds a little bit of difficulty to it. But uh, we're getting there. We're figuring things out. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're improving all the time. That's the nature of the thing, isn't it? Uh, well, we hope we are anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so what's going on with you? How's, how's life been in, in social distancing and isolation? Yeah, it's been it's been good. I'm probably um getting plenty of chance to try all those um online challenges and stuff that are going around. It's great to see that they're still all fl- flying around and they're improving and getting more innovative all the time. So um it's it's re- it's actually really enjoyable sitting and scrolling through and looking at those things and and then as an attempt in some of them. Um, I'm still sticking with my hurling juggling i'm trying to improve on that now i haven't i have made improvements i just haven't posted a video yet because i'm rocking an end of the world beard and haircut and stuff so i'll have to tidy myself up a bit before i can post something but um but yeah no that's that's been keeping me fairly occupied uh how about yourself i sure look the same as that um i have to say there's been some fantastic stuff online um i suppose we we kind of addressed last week that our main our main home really is Twitter. Uh, it's kind of where we're most active. Um, I, I suppose we have made a little bit of an attempt to become a little bit more active on Instagram and Facebook over the last week, and that's only going to improve going forward as well. But um, from just seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter, the, the challenges that people are putting out are fantastic, uh, very inventive. Um, uh, yeah, and I suppose it kind of keeps people going and, and us being no different to, to everybody else out there. Yeah, we like getting out and trying what we see as well. So um yeah, it's been it's been interesting. It's been an interesting week. Interesting times. Interesting times, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose look uh, uh, thinking of the the challenges within you know trying to get this out and as, as I said there already doing it remotely is uh, a challenge in itself. Um and then trying to get other people to interact with it and things like that. So you know, I suppose just leading on if uh I put out a message on on Twitter and and Facebook and Instagram there today that if people do have messages and this this stays the same going forward as well that if people do want to contact us if you have questions concerning your coaching or you know something that you'd like us to talk about within this podcast we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to have you as part of this podcast as well with the uh, with the platform that we're using to create these it allows us to get voice messages in from people so if this is something that you're interested or as I said, if you have a question for us, send us a voice message and you can be part of this podcast as well. If you're a little bit on the shy side, don't worry, just message us, direct message us or, or email us or whatever it might be and we'll we'll answer your questions as well. So um yeah, anything else, Shane, within the last within the last week before we move on? No, I think I think we're good. I think it's we're uh, we get into our current affairs segment next, I suppose. Moving things along. Excellent stuff. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. 
So I suppose, yeah, as we said, this is only our second podcast and we were talking about maybe having a current affairs section each time, each episode. Um, the thought behind that was there was going to be something happening in the world of coaching or the world of sport that we could maybe reference and might might spur a bit of, little bit of a conversation linked back to to coaching and to possibly or beginner coaches or people who are listening to this podcast. Um, but funnily enough, the current affairs that we're going to start with is watching the 6-1 news today. At the end of it, the sports uh, bulletin informed us that it was going to be their last bulletin for the foreseeable future. So that tells you where we're at with uh, sport and current affairs and things like that at the moment. Um, but I suppose it got me automatically thinking and something that has been for the last couple of weeks as well has been missing sport and even missing watching sport missing obviously still trying to play myself and missing that as well and missing going out and coaching and delivering sessions and planning sessions and, and all that's with it you know so that really I suppose was is, is the, the current sporting and coaching news at the moment and um, it is I suppose looking at it from our point of view and, and other coaches out there I'm sure will agree with us that that coaching in general is such a social thing um, you know there's a lot of interaction involved with it and, and there's a joy within that you know when you go out and, and you take a group or you know work with a group of kids or a group of adults even there's so much crack involved in it and, and there's so much benefit in it and you get so much out of it yourself that it, it's it is very difficult and I suppose it leaves a gap um, definitely that's that's hard to fill yeah, it is. And look, we, we mentioned it already. We, meant, we spent the whole episode last week talking about it, but people are putting stuff up online and you can see that there's great, there's coaches there that are still, I suppose, coaching via their their Instagram or Twitter or their videos that are putting up and the challenges they're putting out, which which is great. And I think in some cases it is going a long way of, of filling that void that, that sport and coaching is, is leaving us, I suppose. Um, or leaving with us, so um, it's so it is it is great to see. Um, it's just I suppose it's a, it's a funny one, you know. People people missing training, or people feeling like they're falling behind, things like that. Um, that's that would be one of the big concerns, you know. Yeah, it was actually I am. It was something I saw on Twitter there, and I apologize to the person who posted it, um, because I I cannot find the post since I've seen it uh, but there was a poll um, that I saw earlier today on Twitter was asking the question that this gap in going to train and is it misdevelopment um, or is it an opportunity for, for kids to be kids to be out in the garden doing cartwheels uh, kicking you know kicking the ball into a bin or whatever the, the latest challenge is is that is that the substitution or is it the filling the gap for development that's lacking in the training that we normally do are kids missing out is it a is it beneficial for them to be at home and and develop in different ways so i just thought it was a really really interesting poll and again i apologize to the person who posted it and if i can try and find this retrospectively i'll i'll um i'll link it on our twitter page as well for people to find but it it posed a really really good question yeah definitely definitely and uh, it's funny I, i was thinking about that as well and like a kind of a thought that i had again scrolling through some of the challenges and I think it was the the, the video of Connor McDonald on the hurling 365 um Instagram or Twitter and um, freestyle hurling and um, you know if there's kids at home in the garden and they're getting an opportunity to try tricks and express themselves and, and different skills that they probably wouldn't get a, at least as much or if if any opportunity to do in the in their 
normal training, you know, is this going to create an environment where kids are going to get maybe a few weeks or even a few months, I suppose, as, as, as it could be, um, of, of skill development and tricks and flicks and things like that in whatever there's be it hurling, be whatever sport. So are we going to nurture the more creative side that can often be, I suppose, coached out of, of of players and and um can be missing from from players you know are we going to see more flair players who you know do tricks and, and different skills with the ball and make the ball talk as i think it said in the the conor mcdonald video that I'm, I'm thinking of you know yeah yeah and and there's there's a lot more like it as well there's a couple of videos there i saw this week talking back um, to what, what people were putting out last week, but Kieran Ling uh, had one sort of pick up there that I, I don't know it was put down in slow motion and everything, and a lot of people are still trying to figure out what he did. And um, is it is it Mickey Quinn was the other one that put stuff mm. out where I think he, he brought the ball around his back through his legs and finished it with a low a low strike. So there's some stuff out there that that people can do, and it's a, it's an amazing talent, and it's great to actually see them sharing it as well. That you know, maybe they don't get the opportunity to do it in a match and lads that are training with them week in, week out are familiar with what they can do. But when they get it out on a bigger scale and, you know, put it out to the world, people are amazed. And I suppose the yeah. other, the other yeah. one point that I wanted to touch on as well was um, there's another video I saw. And I, we, look, we talk a lot about what we see on Twitter, but it, it's, ver- it's, I suppose, it's a very relevant place for people to share things in the coaching world. But there was one that stuck with me um, and it got a lot of traction. It, it made it to Sky Sports News and the whole lot this week of a, a kid uh, who was an only child and set up the goalpost and uh, opposite defence, kicking the ball and he was the goalkeeper, you know, yeah. making his way across. And it was funny because it triggered something. It was something I actually used to do myself as a kid. I used to go out in the garden and I can water the grass and do the whole lot. And I used to pretend I was Peter Michael, so I related a lot with it as well. But it's 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 amazing to see you know kids being so resourceful and imaginative to make sure that they're getting their practice in, and and that's what's enjoyable to that child. So it's great to see him doing it. Definitely, and, and like look, and it's not to knock um, what's going on. We, like we're all coaches here, but sometimes if we're too preoccupied with coaching and delivering X, Y, and Z in our sessions, there's no opportunity for for a child like that to to come up with something like that for himself or for the players that we're talking about to, to try those flicks and, and things in in game situations or even in training situations, you know, and um, that's all a big part of development as well. So I think I suppose really it's an opportunity for that at, at the moment. And that's why it's great to see, again, going back to what we touched on last week, parents out with their kids, um, helping them, even if it's just videoing them, attempting these challenges, you know, um, the, the freestyle hurling again there was I saw one uh, responding to I think it was well, I'm not sure which of the clips it was but it was a one of the hurling challenges as well and you know um, young guy got the same score or best whoever it was put it out you know and re- really really good stuff to see um, and again probably wouldn't get the time to do it wouldn't you know wouldn't would be too busy with school and training and things like that to do it and maybe would be afraid to attempt it in training um, as well, which is which is um, why look, it's the best of a bad situation. But I think it could be a good opportunity in terms yeah. of that bit of flair and bit of trickery that we love to see in 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 whatever sport. Absolutely, and look, it's 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 the thing that gets people on their feet. You know, you think of of, of Crow Park being full in the middle of the summer. It's you know what the special thing that Joe Canning does is is what gets people talking and gets people up on their feet. And I suppose even going back um, again kind of relating back to my own childhood when 
do you know, I was looking up to all these people and, and seeing the Nike ads with, you know, the, the, the yeah, all the soccer the... players doing all the tricks yeah. and, and, and flicks in the Nike ad. Like, and, and that sent you out into the garden to say, Jesus, what did he do there now? And how can I do that as well? Um, and I suppose as coaches, maybe there's something we can take from it that when we have this time now that we're putting aside to plan out some of our sessions to, you know, we're all eager to get back up to the pitches, whether no matter what sport we what, what sport we're involved with. But is is this is this something we can take out of the whole thing that we need to factor in some more free time for kids within our session? So five or ten minutes at the start of just there's a ball, do whatever you want. Do you know whether whether that's a flick or a trick or whether it's just poking forward and backward or kicking forward and backward or taking shots on goal or whatever it might be, but encourage them to be inventive and come up with something different or come up with their own new skill. Um, can we can we build that into our session structures? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's a big, a big learning to take from this whole situation, you know. Yeah, yeah, and even I suppose like going away from the skill development side of things, even just the fundamental, um, fundamental movement side of things, like you know, kids out just in the garden and jumping on trampolines and doing cartwheels and you know all sorts of things. You see, you see so many videos of things of what kids are doing and getting up to, and it's it's that opportunity to develop those fundamentals and and i'm sure look some kids will sit in front of the television all day or sit in front of the playstation or the xbox or the ipad or whatever it might be and and look we touched on that last week in terms of technology but not every kid can just sit there all day looking at the screen they do want to get outside and and get active and you know it's it's the development maybe that they're not getting when we're in our normal routine our normal life structures um, it's given them that extra time and, and freedom to go out and, you know, jump around the garden or, or you know, relay race, do relay races or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think, as I said, if we, if we all look at it that way, it's an opportunity rather than it's, it's a, it's a problem. Um, I think it, it, we will get something out of it, you know, um, definitely. Excellent. Um, yeah. Is there anything else current affairs wise you want to speak about before we move on? Um, not really, no. Um, I just see I saw Jurgen Klopp in interview there, and he's he's saying that obviously football is not uh, what we should be thinking about at the moment. But uh, I suppose as a, as a Liverpool fan, I'm hoping that uh, this whole coronavirus doesn't affect the season they've been having. But I know you're not going to be too interested in that. <laughs> no, as a United fan, now I well, uh, I'm still kind of thinking. Right, look, give Liverpool the league at this stage if it if it means. You know, we have the opportunity to actually get to see more football and, and get the season finished. But um yeah, Klopp doesn't sound like a man that, that wants to go back to football too too soon. Mm, oh, we we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We we won't hold our breath on that one. I see uh, the actually it is something I suppose that's a little bit relevant to that is that some of the non league um uh, the FA have cancelled some of the non league games or for the rest of the season. Um, I, I saw Gary Neville talking about it there and he was questioning it from Salford coming out of that division or that 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 um, area of the Football League that he was questioning the reasons for it. Um, but look, there's going to be hard decisions to be made for for people, you know, even I suppose closer to home in terms of the GA and things like that. Like, you know, a lot a lot still to be determined in, in, in what happens with this and, and when we can actually get back to pitches. So, it's yeah, there. yeah, and it, like it, it, it goes into our our earlier point of like you know, uh, you know what 
this means in terms of our coaching and development and stuff like that. I know at the more elite end, end of things like adult and inter-county and club and, you know, it, coaches are wondering what should they be doing. And I, I know from talking to different people, there are some clubs and they have, there's, there's players out doing individual work and on running programs and stuff like that. But I suppose it's very hard to, to go and push yourself, especially in isolation when you could be playing in two months or four months or not till next year, you know? Um, so, so it's very, very hard for people to, to stay focused at that end of things, you know, and, and at that level. Yeah. Yeah, and look, this is all very new, and I suppose uh, that's that's a consideration even for us as coaches. This is all very new, and when's it going to going to end? But um, as this wears on, and you know, if if we do end up in you know six, eight, twelve weeks into this, our our attitudes and and moods might be completely different towards a lot of things. So um, I suppose the interesting times lie ahead, and and it is. You know, it is scary in a way, but all you can do is kind of just keep soldiering on for the time being, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. And and, and we'll do the same with this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. That's the plan anyway. Um, we'll, we kind of plan to get one out a week at the moment, but depending on, on how things go, we might be increasing that. We'll see how, see how things develop. Uh, right, we'll move on to our main topic for today. So... So Shane, what makes a coach a coach? Great question, great question, David. And I suppose it's something that um, a lot of us would have an idea, or a lot of people would have an idea of what a coach is, or a perception of what a coach is. Um, a lot of people think they're fantastic coaches when maybe they're not so fant- fantastic. Um, a lot of people are fantastic coaches and don't even realise it. And I suppose that's more what we'll we'll focus on today. And I think. The latter is the, is the majority of people, really, in, in my opinion, that a lot of us have the qualities or the characteristics to make a, a good coach um, without even knowing it. Um, for me, really, I suppose a coach is it's someone who's you know almost like an, an ambassador for their sport. Um, and they're trying to create um, an enjoyment of the sport and facilitate development of their players. And that can be right down to you know, a nursery or under sixes right up to adult level, that should be kind of the, the main objective um, or the main marker of what a coach is. If those two things aren't happening, I don't, there can't be a lot of coaching going on. Um, yeah. And that's enjoyment and, and development really, you know. Yeah, yeah. I suppose we can tend to have a perception um, of, of what a coach is or what a coach looks like as well. And, and that normally tends to be, you know, in our minds, somebody that knows everything about what they're doing. So if you take a... a you know a soccer coach for example they they know everything about soccer do you know they know all the formations they know all the technical skills they know all their their tactics inside out um normally we associate with an ex player as well somebody who played at a high level so that's what a good coach looks like that's what we normally think of or that's what our perception can be of what a coach is but i suppose the, the thing about it is and you touched on it there there's so many good coaches out there that wouldn't even consider them a coach uh, you know that's your your parent or your even your older sibling um it's your your teacher it's it's your friend that has a skill that you don't have so i suppose a coach as we define it sometimes can be a set role 
but for me anyway i think a coach is somebody that can that can pass information on to you that can help you improve no matter what it is whether that's sport or something else but obviously within the context of this podcast we're we're talking within sport but definitely somebody that can can pass on information to help you improve or whatever you're looking to improve at mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and that's it and, and like when when we speak about coaching to non-coaches and, and again the people i'm thinking of are the parents of, of younger kids who are a bit reluctant to get involved you know uh, for, to me my assumption is that their idea of a coach is like you said someone that has all the answers and, and is an expert someone like a, a bill belichick type thing that has you know that's you know a great presence as well as you know successful and you know um really organized and again you know, just knows everything that they're, they're supposed to know has all the answers all the time. And that's not really the case. Um, to me, a coach is, no matter, what, again, what level, there's someone who doesn't have the answers but is willing to do the work to find out the answers. And that could be, you know, teaching a complex move to a six or seven-year-old to working out tactics to on an inter-county game going out to play a, a, you know, a championship match against a specific opposition. So it's, it's a problem-solver. Really, and like going back to the thing of, of parents who aren't really involved, there's lots of, of them, you can be sure, are excellent problem solvers. And it's just applying that to your coaching. Um, you know, a coach is, as you said, it's someone who passes on information. Um, and looking at the, the parents who, who get roped into helping out with teams, coaching is something that's becomes maybe a negative thing for them because they've been they've been begged or you know tried to they've been coaxed to get involved and it's it's a negative um but as you said as parents they're problem solvers from just being a parent whatever expertise they have in their in their jobs in their life outside of sport i'm sure they can bring it to their coaching you know yeah and i suppose like realistically we're seeing that now in in evidence of um of you know parents parents being at home there at the moment and having to homeschool and you know trying to take on some of these challenges as we talked about there already you know if it's only holding the camera that that's coaching in some ways or another because you're encouraging your child to develop you're encouraging them to practice the skill and try the skill um you know so it's not it's not always the technical knowledge that you need sometimes it's just to to be there it's to be a support system it's to be a role model it's to be that person that that you know as i said earlier you know just just helps the person that helps the player improve yeah yeah definitely and like one of the the things you said there is absolutely vital to this whole thing and that's a role model um, and a coach is a role model and again going back to maybe our idea of you know our perception of a coach or people's perception of what a coach is um, a lot of the time that can be a little bit negative it can be a kind of a authoritarian type figure again you know Bill Belichick or a Brian Cody type figure um, really when we're talking about kids and stuff the first characteristic or the first thing a coach is is a role model um, and that that's very powerful for so many reasons. You know, with younger kids, they they want adult role models. They're they're looking for people to look up to. Um, and in some cases, you know, the hour or two hours you're coaching that child or working with that child in the pitch or the, or the court or wherever it is, and um, can be two of the most 
powerful hours per week that a child has with, with an adult role model that's not their parent or their teacher, you know, and depending on the background of the, of the kids, it can be vital that that's a positive experience. Uh, it's vital as a positive experience anyway, but it can be more vital than, than, um, than in some cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, as you said there, like being that role model and, and there really is no bigger role model than your parents. We're, we're learning from our parents from the day we're born. Um, you know, it's the, it's the main people we look up to from, from the start of our life. So to have a parent involved, Look, obviously, there's challenges within that as well. Sometimes you get to a certain age and you're thinking, oh, geez, my dad's the coach. And, you know, you're embarrassing me here. Or, you know, you feel an added pressure as a as a player with your, your parent as a coach. But I suppose there is an awful lot of benef- benefits involved at the same time. And and sometimes it doesn't have to be that you're the coach of that child's team. Um, but you can be coaching them from home. Like, I suppose, ultimately, if you look at a, a player taking you know, doing training sessions, you're you're probably engaged in training for maybe three to four hours a week, absolute maximum. I would say probably a lot less than that, but let's just call it three to four hours. In the grand scheme of things, in terms of a week's, you know, the total amount of hours in a week, the opportunity to improve is really, really outside of the time that you're in that training session. So yes, the coach can have a big impact on what they do in that time, in that three or four hours or one or two hours or whatever that may be. But ultimately, if they're getting encouragement from home, if they're being brought out into the back garden or been brought up to the field by a parent, you know, the, the progress that, that, that a child can make in that time um, is exponential, really, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And really, again, going back to the, the earlier points and even from, from some of our earlier discussion, you know, if you're creating an environment where where your players are enjoying it and where they feel like they can express themselves a bit you're, you're going to hope that they take that home with them um you're going to almost like prescribing homework you're going to not without prescribing it but you're going to hope that they try something in training or that you've you've given them an opportunity to see something in training or, or, or do something and they're going to take it home work on it and hopefully that's with a parent or with somebody but they're going to they're going to want to come back, having to showing showing the coach, show the players what they've done, and um, be it be it a skill, be it you know you're, you're working on the left foot today, um, and left foot solo maybe weren't able to get it. Coach, I practice this every day for ten minutes. Now look, I'm able to do it. Brilliant, you know, and that's that's creating that's a positive way of getting I suppose the kids to do extra work without from want of a better expression, but for, for getting them to work harder. In a nice way, um, really. The, the other thing with what a coach is, and we've touched on it kind of there a few times, but I suppose for me, we talk a lot about you know what a coach does and what a coach what, what a coach's role is, um, what a coach should know, how a coach should deliver things. But really, first and foremost, it's it's the person rather than the what they know or their person's own characteristics or skills um, rather than what they know about the game and things like that. So, you know, if you just have, you know, good communication skills, if you're consistent and dependable to your players, and that goes right the way up, up to adult level, you know, and if you're, if you're approachable, if you're someone who can empathize with the players and you're seen to put the players first, um, 
there's you know a lot of talk at the moment and thoughts around there about player central coaching excuse me um, and really that's 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 almost as vital as any other aspect of coaching at the moment um, I'm sorry not at the moment but just it is and um, if you're seen to be putting the players first you're going to get a response out of it things that come after that then are your knowledge of the game your um, the, the games you deliver and the, the exercises the activities you deliver in your sessions and things like that um, but if you have all those other characteristics generally you'll, you'll be good at that too um, because you'll be putting a lot of thought and effort into it and planning it out you know? yeah yeah I suppose like that the technical knowledge is learnable it's, it's learnable stuff um, knowing, knowing what to do knowing how to set up a session knowing you know knowing why you're doing something, all that's learnable. And I suppose that's kind of what we try and teach at, at Help Me Coach as well, is we're trying to pass on that information of the the what, the how and the why. But it's th- those interpersonal characteristics, as you said, like that's a lot harder to teach. You know, you, it's very difficult to teach somebody to have empathy. Um, you know, it's, some, it's very difficult to teach somebody to be approachable. Um, th- there are characteristics that are normally within a person and like they tend to be the 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 difference between the absolute best coaches that are out there and you know the the person who who maybe thinks they're a little bit better than they are um yeah or even it's funny i suppose um you know and I, i'm thinking back of the kind of old school coach on the sideline shouting and roaring and everything is negative and the only thing the only feedback they're giving their players is when they've done something wrong um, and I think for me that person um, is is sort of just unaware that these characteristics that we're talking about are more important than the the game specific stuff most of the time you know um, and I think really as you said for, for us with, with Help Me Coach it would be one of the big messages we'd like to get across that probably if you spend time focusing on your, you know, your communication skills, you, how you talk to your players, are you approachable? Are you um, talking to the players on the right, the right level? Are you creating a good environment even before you deliver anything? Um, you know, that that's just as, and in some cases more important. Um, you know, when we look at, coaches one of the things we were going to touch on there was the different reasons people become coaches and one of the one of those is that they can be maybe just finished up playing the game so they want to stay involved um sometimes not always but sometimes that player or that coach can be missing some of these characteristics that we're talking about because they're coming from a, a playing exclusive background and the empathy we talked about um might be something missing or something that they have to they have to kind of find out later on um, the importance of it because they're coming from thinking, putting the game first rather than the player first, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's if, if, if that, that coach is listening right now, the take home from them is to, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out why they're doing it. And it's other than, you know, I, I played and I played at a high, le- high level and, and that I think I can pass that information on. A lot of those coaches, what they tend to do is just regurgitate what was done with them rather than actually drilling down into what type of a coach they want to be themselves. Have they figured out their coach's philosophy? Have they figured out what's going to make them the person or the coach that they are? And like you said, like that, that's interacting with people on a, 
I suppose on a deeper level really and we don't want to get you know too deep and things like that too early I'm sure we'll touch on them at a, at a later podcast if if that's something that you want to hear from us give us a message and let us know but um do you know it's 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 something that I think a lot of coaches as as you said they get into it because they played the game but then they ended up just being their own coach do you know what I mean as in copying and pasting what was done with them and it's a repeat of the same thing over and over rather than an evolution and saying well what would I have actually liked more of when I was a player and trying to be that type of a coach yeah 100% and and it's I know even look myself when I started off coaching um I I would have all, I would have been playing and coaching all, all the time and different things and when I started off coaching mm-hmm. I knew nothing about it and all I was doing was replicating what was being done with me, even the way even the way I communicated, I was, you know, copying maybe some of those old school coaches that would have shouted and roared on the sideline. I was doing a bit of that. Um I wasn't putting thought into the drills or activities or games I was doing. I was just copying ones that um had been done with me as a player. And that's that's not coaching, that's replicating. That can be kind of, you know, anyone really can do that. you you don't have to be a coach to do that. Um, and you mentioned about um, coaching philosophy there. Um, you know, I'm probably coaching for for a long time now. You know, fifteen plus years, and um, it's probably only in the last four or five years really that I've I've arrived on a coaching philosophy or, or um, started thinking about a coaching philosophy properly. You know, and it it, it all links back to creating an environment. Um, players' enjoyments, opportunities for development, and players wanting to come back to your sessions. You know, and if you, if you're hitting all those boxes, um, you're 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 coaching. You're doing a good job. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I suppose look again. There's there's lots of areas that we're going to go into over time. But um, I suppose the big thing about coaching is we we tend to think that we have to get everything done right now. And we're in a rush to get through everything. We have to just unload everything that we know on the players as soon as possible, rather than, you know, actually making that connection with the with the player and getting to know them on a personal level and knowing a little bit about their family and you know asking them a question to see how they're getting on with whatever they're interested in outside the sport. If they're learning the guitar or, you know, if they're involved in, you know, some sort of a play or whatever it might be. There's there's other there's other things going on in people's lives at times, and if we know those things. You know, we tend to get that understanding and buy in from the player because the player feels that, geez, I'm actually being cared about here. This, this, this fella or this girl is actually taking an interest in me as a person, and it's not just what they can get out of me; it's what they can give back to me. Yeah, yeah, you, that's a big point there. Um, as coaches, you know, and, and look, ego comes into it as well. You know, if if a coach's objective is to win a championship, whatever age or whatever grade, um, for themselves, you know, straight away you're 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 onto a a, a loser or you're onto mm-hmm. a, a something very negative. Um, you know, if it's if it's you know develop the players, improve the players, and a byproduct of that is win something, then you you know it's going to be a much more positive experience because again it's the players first, as we said. Um, and that's that, that really it comes back to that all the time. Do you know another another um, 
stereotype of a coach that we often see is the guy who's there and he's the motivator and the, the great halftime speeches and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And really, uh, again, that's something I've kind of changed my my uh, opinion on as well. And how, whereas it has its time and its place, again, really no matter what grade or, or, or level, instead of being a motivator, more so it's it's that ambassador for the sport so if you're creating an enjoyment and uh, creating um, an interest and engagement in what you're doing that's as effective as the guy who's standing motivating shouting and roaring and trying to rev people up Um, so there's different ways it's not just motivate it's creating enjoyment and interest you know as opposed to just motivation as well yeah that's actually it's it's something I just picked up on there as you were speaking um in in your last two points that your own coaching philosophy has has developed over time and your viewpoint has changed on you know being a motivator and i'm sure it's probably changed on on other areas as well and i suppose that's the thing about coaching that it's it's an evolving thing you know we we aren't just the type of coach we are now the type of coach you're going to be in a year's time or five years time or 10 years time i'm sure will be completely different again and do you know we're we're always continuing to learn we're always continuing to develop do you know we're learning what the, the new techniques are but we're developing ourselves as per as sorry as people as well um and and we learn what works so if your approach to a certain group of players works you're obviously going to take that on and use it in the future but if you try something and it doesn't work then it's just a learning situation or a learning scenario and you figure out okay that didn't work so uh, do you know you know not to use it again Definitely. And even like it's uh, something that we're definitely going to cover later on um, in terms of games based coaching, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I was very drill based orientated. Again, it was probably a lot of copying what was been done with me, but it was about the most complex drills I could come up with and how many cones I had in different places. And you had to turn right here and turn left here and strike the ball here. Um, I've went completely away from that now where um, it's, it's matches and mini matches and four v fours, five v fives, whatever it is. Um, all learning opportunities. All learning opportunities, game situations, starting with puck outs, starting with backs and forwards, whatever it is. Again, I'm, I'm talking just from a GA point of view, um, but um, game situations as as much as possible. Yeah, there might be some drill stuff in between if it's you know to focus on. Uh, a technical aspect but it's it's sort of the the in-between small section part of the session whereas the games are the the big chunks whereas it used to be the other way around and that that's evolved with time it's involved with my learning as well but as you say probably in five ten years time um, there's going to be other things i'm going to be looking at and i suppose going back to the coaching philosophy um, thing we were talking about uh, for a lot of coaches particularly beginner coaches and um, they won't even have that phrase before um, but it, it, it's definitely something that will evolve and, and it'll even change depending on what team you're with I know if I'm taking a, a nursery session um, my coaching philosophy is very much going to be heavy on the enjoyment the enjoyment and my main mission is making sure that those players want to come back the next day um, if I'm moving up to you know an adult team or maybe a, an elite academy squad team um, it's again the enjoyment is there. They want to come back, but they want to come back because they've been challenged and they've they've improved. And really, that's what's motivating them. But it's again, it's creating that environment where you're allowing that to happen. Um, and again, 
a coach that that's the main objective it's not am I going to do this game because the last 10 minutes it's what can I do here now to engage the players and improve them on X yeah yeah absolutely even even little things within people's uh, coaches philosophies as well simple little things like saying I'm not going to have anybody eliminated out of my sessions at any stage you know everybody's going to be involved all the time really really simple things like that that you know that if if you're running a session and you see somebody standing out because they've been knocked out of a game or, you know, they're standing around because you're doing a drill, is that filing back into your philosophy of coaching? And if it's not, then you know that you need to change something. You know, like you said, are you challenging the players and that as well? Like, so really, 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 really simple things like that can make up a coaching philosophy. But the the philosophy is really that guiding principle that's going to shape your coaching and, and shape you as a coach as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. And like, you know, you talk about, you know, players been left out or, or playing games or people are eliminated. Straight away then you're you're not you're you're not putting the player at the center of the game. You're you're um you're focusing on the success of, of probably the stronger players or you're you know, it's it's you're highlighting the win and losing. Now that can be done as well and we spoke about that the last mm-hmm. day about the importance of competition. But it's it's are you providing you know the best enjoyment experience for that player? Um, if they're standing out of a game and someone else is doing it, then obviously not. You know, are they going to want to come back if that keeps happening? No way. Um, probably no matter no matter what grade you're coaching at or age, and really with with younger kids, your main objective: what am I doing to make sure that all these kids are going to come back next year? They're going to come back in two years' time. They're going to come back when they're adult players, um, are we creating an interest that's going to last for life in this sport um, or, or, or all sport? You know, again, just because we're GA coaches or soccer coaches or rugby coaches, we're, we're, we're not exclusive to that sport. When it comes to kids, we're creating a love of sport, not just the sport. You know, and I'd be very big on that. And again, if you're, if you're a coach, if you're a real coach, that's what you're encouraging. You're not just you're not just coaching, uh, you know, strictly your own sport as well. You're you're getting your kids out to, you know, open to learning from different sports. And we spoke about that a little bit last week as well. But again, right up till till you're specialising because of elite sport at teenage level, you, it's it's as many sports as you can play, really. You know. Yeah, yeah. That phone of yours is going mad. There, you must be under pressure, are you? Uh no, not really. No, there's a lot of buzzing going on here, but uh, don't worry, they can wait. <laughs> they can wait. They can wait. Didn't they? Must know that you're in the middle of a podcast. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the technical. Uh, yeah, that's my job. So that's your. I'm sure you'll you'll work your magic wand on this now and sound perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be sitting in the middle of the podcast. So look, it'll make for interesting listening, if nothing else. Um, look, you're right in what you're saying. Uh, a, a little tip that I like to give to a lot of beginner coaches is go into Easton's or Tesco or Dunn's or wherever you do your shopping. Go to go to the stationery section. Get yourself a little notepad. Get your pen out. Write into the front of it my coaching diary, and page number one start filling out your coaching philosophy give yourself a bit of an identity as a coach what what your beliefs are what you know what you believe you would like to be what 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 do you want to look like as a coach 
and um, that's not appearance wise that's that's with what you actually do in your sessions and, and how you approach uh, your sessions and approach coaching people in general but um, look you've you've hit the nail on the head with a lot of things you've just said there so uh, hopefully there's a few gold nuggets there for people to take away yeah definitely and even like you know I, I, I referenced Bill Belichick and Brian Cody uh, in a negative way there earlier on but you talked about and we talked last week. We talked about players, or kids looking up to players. You can also look up to coaches, you know, and look at how they conduct themselves. And maybe, maybe it's the way they set standards or the way they they're seen to plan things out. You know, um, to, within an inch of its life, you know, um, and and you can pick up different things from all the top guys as well. Even if you're coaching kids, look to the look to the elite guys and see what you can pick. Um, obviously, not the the win at all cost mentality or, or the certain things that you'd hear coming back from Kilkenny um, coaching sessions or things like that. But, um, you know, look at what the benchmarkers are in whatever sport you're in and see, can you take things that are going to help, um, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, look, we're cu- coming up on time there for today. So um, just in terms of summing it up, what would you... What would you say then makes a coach a coach? Yeah, what, what makes a coach is basically how they interact with their, their players. Um, you know, are they putting the player first? Are they creating a relationship? Are they, you know, creating then an environment where they can develop, where they can, where they want to come back to, where they're learning their sport, but they're enjoying their sport and they're, they're learning about their sport in a, in more than just playing the games, it's, it's learning all about it and learning to love the sport, really. Um, as I said, coaches, you're almost you're, you're an ambassador or a sales rep for the sport, so that's what you're trying to you're trying to do. Excellent stuff. Well put, Shane. Excellent. Um, right, that's that's pretty much topic topic number one or our main topic uh, done for today. Good stuff. Yeah, just we're flying. <laughs> Okay, so if you've enjoyed today's episode, we would again like to ask you to do two things to help us out to grow this podcast. Number one is to share the podcast with somebody you know or a couple of people that you know uh, might get something from it. And even better for us, if you could retweet or share or like or whatever it is, depending on the platform, um, and, and get the word out about the podcast to as many people as possible. Uh, second thing is if you can hit subscribe on whatever you're listening on. So I know we're on a few different platforms, uh, including Spotify and Pocket Cast and a few others. So uh, depending on what platform you're listening on, if you can subscribe and if there's a, an opportunity to give us a rating as well, we'd appreciate as good a rating, rating as possible. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much how you can help us out. Um so that's it for this one. Uh, we're still nailing down a plan to release, as I said earlier on the podcast, when we're going to release our, our episodes. At the moment, it's one a week and it's every Saturday. Uh, but if we decide through quarantine and self-isolation that we, we even need for more podcasts, then we'll let you know on all our social media platforms. So you can follow us on Twitter at helpmecoachie and you can get us on Instagram and Facebook at helpmecoach.ie. So that's it from me today. Shane, do you want to say goodbye to our listeners? Yeah, uh, looking forward to the next one already. I don't know about you, but I think we're, we're improving the whole time. I sure look so. brilliant, Shane. We're absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that's it. 
Okay, guys, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, and we'll talk, you, talk to you in the next one.